Bless the Lord, bless the Lord. Well, this is Wednesday, July the 5th. Who would have thought that we would be living into 2023? But here we are tonight, another opportunity to praise the wonderful name of Jesus. Glory to God, glory to God. Hallelujah. We're just so delighted to be here, Sister Shaum and I, and I'm always glad when Sister Shaum is able to travel with me. We're just excited to be here in CCC with you all and to feel the wonderful, beautiful presence of the Lord. I try to catch as many services as I can online and always enjoy it. And what a, what a great time we've already had with Pastor and Sister Lehman and uh, their wonderful, wonderful hospitality. And we just love the ministry in this church. Brother and Sister Woodward, you, you are just so greatly respected around the world. And uh, we're just so thankful for your ministry, which has reached even into Asia. And uh, Brother Lehman, you've also been to Pakistan and some of the stories that you hear. Sometimes he might worry that he's stretching his stories a little bit to make them even funnier than they are. But you can't do that. You can't stretch stories over there. It just, it always happens far more than what we can even describe. And so uh, we're just delighted to be here tonight to share some things about what God is doing in Asia. God bless you. You may be seated. And I, I might just say this, that my GPS, I don't know what happens when it comes to Canada, but when, when I'm in Tokyo, Japan, a city of 39 million people, I can get all around the city, and Bangkok with 18 million people, I know it kind of like the back of my hand. We come to New Brunswick and my GPS just goes absolutely crazy. We went down to, to camp the other night to uh, have, take part in the service, and we got as far as uh, Westfield, and I saw Wellsford in there, which is where my my wife's mom is from. She was born there, and uh, I'm quite sure that uh, her family would never have seen some of the roads that we saw down in that part of the, the country. Well, we thought we were doing well, and then we go to Chipman, and... Uh, you know, Chipman's Chipman, isn't it? And you should be able to get to Chipman. And uh, when we were driving along the road, I said, I've missed my turn. And she said, no, just keep going on this road. I said, you have always instructed me, do what the GPS says. And so I said, I'm doing what the GPS says. And it took us on the old post road. Some of you might not even know where that is. And uh, we went over bouncy roads and finally we came to Chipman. And then uh, a little bit later we went to Ripples and it had us go down uh, another road which was the older road. And so we got to explore other parts of New Brunswick that we hadn't seen. And last night we go to Doaktown and how can you miss the church in Doaktown. And so here we are just driving along and come to Doaktown. And I know as soon as we cross that uh, bridge that it's on the left. And so we pulled into the first Pentecostal church and uh, we parked in the parking lot, went inside and we both uh, used the restroom and then came out and somebody came up to us and said, who are you? 
And uh, I want you to know they were some of the nicest people that I've met. But uh, they told us that the United Pentecostal Church was just about a mile down the road. So here we go, folks. I thank God I made it here without GPS tonight. We are here safe and sound. There is victory in the house. We're going to make it. Hallelujah. Bless the Lord. But uh, my wife and I were driving to the Bible school just to look at it, and we drove by. I think it is what, uh, Sister Woodward, what you call the mission house now, but I think it belonged at one time to Brother Milford Stairs. Perhaps some of you would at least know the name, Brother Milford Stairs. But when we were at the Bible College, 76 River Street, which happened to be the boys' dorm, and uh, Brother Stairs lived right across the road from us, and uh, he was in his 80s, and he'd be out with the rototiller, and he'd be doing all kinds of work, you know. I mean, why not? If you're only 80, why not do it? And so he was doing his rototilling, and I went across the road and stood there and watched him work, a uh, young 30-ish uh, man, and uh, began to talk to him, but he always had something to say. And it was amazing to me that uh, one time, he, he said that when he received the baptism of the Holy Ghost years and years and years ago, he was singing in other tongues. And the tune that he was singing to was Yankee Doodle. <laughs> now, Brother Stairs, he said, people came up to him and said, you didn't receive the Holy Ghost. God would never, ever use something as ordinary as Yankee Doodle. And he said, Lord... You've got to help me here. I believe I spoke with other tongues as the Spirit of God gave the utterance. And the Lord actually gave him the translation for what he was saying in other tongues. And he began to sing it to me. It went something like this. Once I was a poor lost sinner, but I found the Savior. He filled me with the Holy Ghost and taught me good behavior. Adam plunged the world in sin all by his bad behavior. But God in love and mercy, he provided him a savior. Let the savior save you too. Come and seek the savior. He'll fill you with the Holy Ghost and teach you good behavior. It was the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Well, the world is, is uh, so different, each uh, part of the world that you go to, each continent you travel to, and some people say that South America gave to the world its great ecosystem with the mighty Amazon River, and others say that North America has given to the world its economic systems of a free world, and Afro of, Africa, of course, has given to the world its beautiful animals. Europe has given to the world its uh, complexity of cultures, and the Pacific has given to the world exotic destinations, but Asia has given to the world its people. And you cannot go anywhere in Asia without seeing people. This uh, past January, January 18, I believe, they, they nail it down to the 18th of January, the same day that my brother received the uh, gift of the Holy Ghost many years ago, 
But India became the most populous nation on the face of the earth. China has always been number one. In fact, when my mother and father went to India, 438 million people in India back then. Uh, China at that time had about 535 million. But now India has, is growing still by millions each year. China lost almost one million this past year. Some countries are receding. Japan is another one. Taiwan is another one in uh, my region. And so uh, India and, uh, and uh, China, these nations, just the two of them alone, have just about 40% of the world's population. People everywhere. You can stand on one intersection, downtown Tokyo. It is the busiest intersection in the world, right next to uh, their famous train station. And literally within moments, 50,000 people will have crossed that intersection. And so it is that I'm fascinated by people. I love to watch people. Uh, for me, my greatest entertainment is sitting at an airport and just observing people, see how they live, what they do, and see if I can act like them. <laughs> my mother always said you need three things if you're going to be a good missionary. One of them is a strong faith in God, and that is something that she definitely had. She had a, a great strong faith in God. Many times, uh, her, uh, the, my parents, their paycheck didn't come in that month, and then it didn't come in the next month. And sometimes it didn't come in the third month. And she would get on her face before God, and she would seek the face of God, and God would begin to minister. And sometimes the check didn't come in, but parcels would come in from North America. And that was always exciting for us boys to watch this postman come laden with boxes from Canada and from United States, uh, gifts and, and food items and so forth. It was an exciting time to open them up. One time we looked on the label and it said uh, orange, or it said uh, Kool-Aid orange. And when we opened it up, there were 72 packages of orange Kool-Aid. That was the only flavor in the world at that time, apparently. But a strong faith in God, that's what it requires if you're going to do something for God overseas. Another is strong stomach. And folks, I'm not going to take much time to talk about that. But uh, things like Indian food, we laugh about it. It's, it's very hot, it's very spicy, and it's very fast. And uh, <laughs> we call it fast food. It's in and out so quick. <laughs> the third that you need is a strong sense of humor. And you know, in, I'm beginning to think that in the day we live in, you know, we have such a, um, we're all so sensitive nowadays. We, we can't take too much, can we? We're very, very sensitive about everything. But if you're going to live on the field and somebody comes up and says, you're ugly, I mean, what do you do? You just smile and say, thank you very much. Do you have another compliment? And uh, that's the way it is. You have to have a strong sense of and ability to be able to laugh at yourself. And if you do, you will survive. Praise God. Well, 2023 has opened up every nation, basically, in Asia, perhaps with the exception of China. And it has really, since the beginning, since January, it's been pressed into my spirit that more than ever, we need to become intentional 
in uh, reaching into every corner of Asia. And what I want to share in these next brief moments with you are some of the things that God has done uh, throughout the years, but then also what God has done just in the last few weeks that lets me know there is a mighty move of God that is still waiting and it's just ready to be poured out on many uh, of the corners of Asia. John 1 and 14 simply says it this way, and the word was made flesh and dwelt among us and we beheld his glory. The glory is of the only begotten of the father, full of grace and truth. And I'd like to speak for a few moments on when heaven touches earth, the power of the incarnation, praise the Lord. What happens when heaven touches earth? The ability of man to travel in space has always fascinated me. And I'm going to share with you something here. On July 21, 1969, an amazing event occurred. And uh, that opened up a whole new world for the U.S. space program, NASA. The Apollo 11 rocket had left the Earth and was now touching down on the moon, a journey of 240,000 miles. And when this historic event occurred, George and Margaret Shaw were living with their family in the remote mountains of South India. And at that time, Warren, my younger brother, was in grade six, and I was in grade 10, and my brother Alan was in grade 11. Let me tell you, uh, first of all, how we used to connect with the world back then. Each day, the Indian newspaper arrived, and that gave us the local Indian news. But to get more accurate international news, my dad had bought the latest, most sophisticated Philip shortwave radio that you've ever uh, seen. It was actually equipped with two speakers, one on each side. He hooked it up with a 100-foot long antenna to wire that was strung across to a large pine tree in our yard. And uh, if you looked at the radio, the shortwave radio, there were two little phosphorus looking uh, things in the gauge that indicated the single, uh, signal strength. And the closer that the phosphorus bars got to each other, well, that meant the signal was stronger. And so it was that just like 650 million people around the world that actually got to see it on TV, we were going to listen to it on that wonderful shortwave radio and uh, hear Nixon talk with the astronauts. We weren't going to miss it for anything. Of course, anything in Asia that happens that's world, uh, a world event, it always happens in the middle of the night. And so that's where we were. We got up in the middle of the night and we're all huddled around this little Phillips shortwave radio. Nobody really knew what was going to happen when Apollo 11 landed on the moon. But when Neil Armstrong stepped off that uh, spacecraft and uttered those famous words and then placed his footprint on the moon. There were many, many pictures that were taken, but the one that re uh, remains in many people's mind was his footprint on the, the face, the surface of the moon. So after the rocket had made its long journey back to Earth and touched down in the ocean, and I might just say that John Wolfram, now our UPC preacher, was part of the Navy SEALs team that actually went and recovered the astronauts from that space capsule. 
And uh, Neil Armstrong stepped out of that capsule and they had brought with them 21.6 kilos of moon rocks in that first venture. Can you imagine how much those were worth uh, sending them up there and doing all of that and coming back with 21.6 kilos of stones from the moon? Well, of interest to me is that Neil Armstrong also picked up some moon dust and he put it inside of a plastic bag and he put the plastic bag inside of a cloth bag and he brought it back to earth. And a few days or a few years ago, uh, a, a pinch of that dust was removed from that cloth bag and taken from the seams of it and it was sold for over $500,000 at Bonhams in New York. Interesting to me. I, I traveled through Dubai not long ago and in the window of one of these exotic watch stores, it said that it claimed that one of the watches was made from metal from the Titanic and then it had another watch that claimed to have actual moon dust in it. I'm not sure if it did, but it sure was expensive enough to have had it. And so in the very same month, and, and I'm going to say that, that when the space capsule splashed down into the ocean, these men had gone where no one else had gone. And when they came back to earth, touching down into the ocean a few miles from where their target was, they brought with them secrets of the universe that had been hidden from man until that moment. They had brought back to earth all of the, the secrets of heaven. Heaven, uh, in a sense, had touched the earth. But in the very same month and in the very same year, heaven touched down in a little village in South India. My father, George Somme, traveled to a little town called Taney that had never heard the gospel of Jesus Christ. The town was a Hindu town and uh, my father held meetings there. It was the beginning of a church. Prayer was made for the sick Demons were cast out. They passed out a lot of gospel literature. Much of it was tossed by the wayside. But for the very first time, the power of God had moved in that little town of Taney where Pastor Jason Raj has such a remarkable testimony. Jason Raj, which means Jesus King, was born into a traditional family and at the age of 19, Yesaraj became a Hindu priest in the town of Taney. On Tuesdays, on Fridays, he'd distribute temple blessings to all of the worshipers of that temple. He became widely respected in Taney as a Hindu priest. And uh, well and good for him, but his soul was extremely restless and he was troubled. He had no peace. At times, Yesaraj would become incensed at foreign who would later come to present the gospel. He had been told that these Westerners, they had come to our country to convert people to Christianity. And so he, along with others, they would begin to throw stones at the missionaries. But all the while, his soul was restless. And so it was that Jason Raj told me that one day, he said this, he said, I was walking along the road and uh, a person handed me a tract 
It was a tract about Jesus Christ. And I eagerly read the contents. And the contents said, Come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. He said that verse really struck uh, struck my mind. And I began to think how that I had served all gods, but I had no peace. And it was then that only this Jesus could give me peace. I knew nothing about the Bible. Many, many Christians, or sorry, many Hindus today, all throughout India, have no concept of Christianity. They have no clue who Jesus is. They don't know who he is. He said, I knew nothing about the Bible. I had no idea about church or about prayer. But he said, one day, a few months later, and this is sometimes God taking his time working with individuals. Several months later, he said, I was walking on the same road. I was confused in my spirit. But I saw a brand new crushed up track that had been thrown on the wayside. I picked it up and straightened it out and I began to read it and to my surprise I saw that the very same verse Matthew eleven twenty eight, was written on this tract. He said the words touched me and this was a tract that was published by the United Pentecostal Church and I noticed the address and I noticed that there was a venue and a service that was going on and I felt like this was a real call from Jesus Christ and so I just decided I'm going to go and attend the meeting and in that meeting he began to hear gospel songs worshiping and they were sung and the preacher gave a a great sermon on Matthew or, or Isaiah chapter 53 and also on Acts chapter 412. He said, brother, he was wounded for our transgressions. This is what the preacher was preaching. He was bruised for our iniquities. He was chastised for and the chastisement of our peace was upon him. And with his stripes, we are healed. He said, neither is there salvation in any other for there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. He said, Jesus said, my heart was deeply touched by what I was hearing. Being a Hindu, he could not fully comprehend, but he said, the words were alive to me. So at the very close of the service, the people began to pray. And so I closed my eyes. He said, I started to pray and I felt a powerful light rest on my head. I fell to the floor rolling and crying and asked the Lord to forgive me my sins. And he said, it was then that I felt an inner peace and it was like a spring flowing up in my heart. I'm talking about when heaven touches earth. I'm talking about people who have never heard the gospel. Last night I was in service and they had a picture of a map of Germany. The flag of Germany was there. And it was just simply a statistic that was given that showed that uh, there were about 27% Roman Catholics in Germany. There were about 24% Christians. There were about 5% Muslim. And then there were about 1% that were other Christians. And then it said 38% nothing. 
And this is what I'm concerned about today. I'm not so much concerned about the 27% or the 24% or the 5% or the 1%, but there are huge populations of our world that have never one time heard the name of Jesus. They are waiting for the power of God. They are hungry for the power of God. And even just a simple tract many times will bring to them what they need and bring the gospel to them. Well, long story short, brother... Uh, uh, Jason Raj was filled with the Holy Ghost. He was baptized in the name of Jesus. His parents too came into the church and immediately his relatives who were iso- uh, uh, Hindus, they isolated them and left them to uh, their Christianity. They were Hindus. They were going to stay Hindus. And so while working for the government survey department, a few months later, God spoke to Brother J.C. Rogers' heart and called him into the ministry. And in the early days of his ministry, he said they lived in a mud hut with kerosene lamp. And during the rainy season, the thatched roof began to leak and uh, they lived there with their three small children. But during that time in that town, God began to perform many miracles through the hands of Brother Jason Raj. The sick were healed, the devil possessed were delivered, and the Lord added people to his congregation. In 1983, they established a church, but uh, the congregation began to grow. Not too long ago, Brother Jerry Dean raised funds, and uh, we were able to build a new church. Sister Shalm and I went to Taney, and uh, we dedicated that church to the Lord Jesus Christ. It was an exciting moment to see 500 people, 500 saints of God sitting there worshiping the Lord. They had all been delivered from sin. They had been brought out of darkness and brought into this marvelous light. And so for the past 10 years, Brother Jason Raj has been serving as the assistant superintendent of the UPC in India. And this past year, the general conference of the UPC in India was held at his place in his town. Heaven truly had come down and touched that place. How beautiful it is. This gospel is is for everyone. This gospel is something that nobody can claim ownership to. But if we will just simply take the gospel where it has never been heard, there are people that are ready to respond to it. Praise the Lord. Well, just uh, a very short time ago, Brother Jason Raj, I asked him to tell me some things that are happening right now in his church. He sent me this miracle report. He said there was a Hindu temple that was very close to his church, and uh, there was a demon-possessed woman, and get this, you think Pentecostals are crazy. This demon-possessed woman would climb on a tree in the temple grounds of that Hindu temple. She was possessed with an army of demons. They would torment her, and she would in turn torment her whole family. She would beat her husband. That's a new one. In fact, she would beat anyone that she saw on the street. She was full of evil spirits. One day, Jesaraj saw her walking towards the church in a, a, a normal state, and his wife, Brother Jesaraj's wife, asked this woman, 
why would you terrorize your own family and terrorize the neighborhood and climb up in these tall trees in the Hindu uh, temple ground? She could only reply. She said, I often get possessed by a power of which I have no knowledge. I do all these harmful things. Brother Jezeraj instructed her, you need to come to the church. Get your husband to bring you to the church and we're going to pray for you. And when she got home, the devil asked her why she went to church. And uh, they brought her to church. The, the spirits often would speak to her. Jesurod started to pray as she was there in the church. He rebuked the devil and commanded the evil spirits to leave the woman. The evil spirits spoke through her and said, Do not call me devil. I am God. The whole world worships me and I give them whatever they ask for and whatever they want. The evil spirit gave its name and told Jesaraj, Sir, you were with me before as a devotee and now you have left me and I am completely powerless to do anything against you. The woman began to demonstrate the actions as the evil spirit was speaking to Jesaraj. She began to show the actions of what he used to do when he served that Hindu temple. And then Jesaraj immediately said, what is the name of the one true God? And the spirit through the woman confessed and said, the name of the one true God is Jesus. She then fell flat on the floor. The evil spirit left her. And Jesuraj said that the Lord delivered that lady from the clutches of the devil. She had been barren. Her womb had been closed all these years by the power of the devil. But when God mightily delivered her, she and her whole family came into the church, were baptized, received the Holy Ghost. And when she was delivered and was filled with the Holy Ghost, at that moment, God opened her womb and she later had three children. She has been faithful to the church ever since. I am so glad that when I go somewhere, I do not have to be ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. I can openly proclaim who Jesus is. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. The power of the incarnation has never lessened. But God is the same God today as he was a few years ago when he was delivering that woman from evil spirits. Everywhere that we go, Oh, uh, in, in countries where there are, are images, such as in, in Nepal, where we go in Cambodia and Thailand and other places, a lot of times you will witness evil spirits because they work and operate through the, the images. But I'm here to say tonight, I'm so glad I know who Jesus is. And if you will fast forward now to 2023, in the last couple of months, here are some of the things that happened. Let's go to Cambodia first. Praise the Lord. Cambodia, you never know what kind of traffic there's going to be. And uh, you never know how many will fit in. Um, I don't know about seat belts over there. I'm not sure how that works. But uh, this is on our way to a service. What's happening in Cambodia? Well, let's move forward here. 
Here is the dedication of something that we never ever dreamed would happen even last year. But God has begun to move and God has given us favor with many ministers of other organizations and God has sent along some men and I believe that this is the time that God is, is raising up young men, older men. In this case, God raised up an older man, 77 years old. He had such a burden for Cambodia he began to go and teach among all of the ministers uh, that called themselves Christian. He began to baptize him in the name of Jesus. He has baptized dozens of ministers in the name of Jesus Christ. And we just dedicated this place on February the 23rd of this year. This church is a $100,000 building and it is dedicated for the training of ministers who have never ever heard the gospel until today. Let's move forward. This is the dedication of that, that building. Uh, most of those people that you see there, most of the men are ministers from other organizations that have come here because they have heard the truth for the first time. And a man who is 77 years old said, I've got a burden in my heart and I'm going to go and I'm going to reach these people with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Let's move to the next one. In the nation of Myanmar, what a miracle has taken place. Uh, if you perhaps, you might know about the, the uh, nation and how that God elevated our uh, UPC man to become the vice president of the country of Myanmar. But after that took place, uh, he... He and his wife were put under house arrest and the army had a coup. The banking systems began to fail. The hospitals began to fail. All of these things transpired during COVID. What happened during COVID? God placed it in the heart of the vice president's wife to stir up our ministers and they begin to build. And this is the result that you see. The Apostolic Christian Bible College. A five story building. That was built by the Burmese. During COVID. When they were in a military coup. Under COVID. With hospitals being closed. The banking systems being closed. Many times I had to transport currency. To the, the country of Thailand. And then move it across the border. And here's from the fifth floor. Looking down at kind of the, the lunch area. The red roof is the current headquarters church and then the far building is all of our office complex but this five story building went up just in the last year. They had some trouble right at the beginning because they found out they couldn't just put um, normal footing but they had to put pilings way into the ground because of the water table and so here we are at the dedication it was also the 50th golden jubilee and you can see what a blessing this is to the church in Myanmar where we have over 20,000 believers and about 300 churches we do not even have one resident missionary I have been working with them closely every year and they are just like my family. I love uh, brother and sister uh, boy, brother Pamong, and all of those that are there. Amen. Let's move forward. All right. Well, where are we headed now? Um, our GPS is really bad at this moment. Uh, we are in the nation of Bangladesh, and this is 
on the way, this is on the outskirts of Dhaka, a small city of 22 million or so. And uh, God gave us a piece of land. And Brother James Corbin, our missionary, had the heart to and the vision to find a piece of land. But right now, we're just on the road to that vision. And uh, let me tell you, it was about three kilometers of this to get to where we're going. We didn't have any idea what the thing was going to look like. But it is amazing how that the church is moving forward in Dhaka and in Bangladesh. Next picture. And this is what we came to right in the middle of nowhere. To God be the glory. Here is a six-floor structure. Each floor is 6,400 square feet. It is of commercial grade. The structure is completely ready. There are only some finishing touches that need to be done on this. And we had the dedication. Let's move forward there. And so here we are having the ribbon cutting. And uh, we got about three people cutting the ribbon here. But uh, what an exciting day it was for the church in Bangladesh. Many received the Holy Ghost and there were some healings right during this uh, beautiful dedication of this building and we give God the glory. I thank God that in the middle of uh, the pandemic, it didn't stop the move of God for hap from happening in Asia, but God's spirit began to be poured out. Now we're moving to something that really touches my heart because this gets down to the individual. This picture here taken in, uh, this picture was taken in Nepal and we have a man, perhaps you might know him, he's a great Canadian young evangelist. He travels full-time in the United States and Canada, Brother Josh Rezar. He came with his whole family for two months, and he traveled to Sri Lanka. He went to Cambodia, and then he went to Pakistan, then he went to Nepal, then he went back to Cambodia, and then he went to Vietnam. He began to travel and he began to move and he began to see great things happen in little remote village areas. And I believe that this is an area we have neglected. We like to tend to center in, in large city centers and so forth. But here is a man who felt the passion of God. Didn't matter what country he was in, he just wanted to reach souls. This man is not political. He doesn't care about church politics. He's not interested in all of those other things. But he is there just to preach the gospel. And God uses him in a mighty way. Let's go to the next picture. Here is a, a young girl in the uh, country of Nepal. And God moved on her in such a tremendous way and she received the Holy Ghost. Most of these services were not in big uh, buildings, structures. They were usually in people's homes and if they didn't have enough room in the home then they would just simply find a, a, a piece of, of ground in the backyard so to speak and here she is receiving the Holy Ghost for the first time. Let's go forward. Here's Brother Josh Rizar praying. This is a typical service. Uh, two months taking his family. Uh, those kids are just beautiful children. And uh, they're growing up learning this. 
They're growing up and they're learning how to pray with people. They're learning how to seek the face of God. They are so well behaved. They are so respectful of, uh, especially of the people that they are working with. And uh, Brother Rizar here, he's just praying with people to receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. The hunger is what amazes me. And every time I see this, I know that it's just heaven touching earth one more time. Praise the Lord. And this uh, final picture here in this uh, collage is of a man in, uh, where was it, Kathy? Cambodia or, or uh, it was in Cambodia. This picture happened in Cambodia. Brother Rizar is standing with this man. You'd think he's totally normal. But up there, that was his, his condition. His eyes were rolled back in his head from birth. And he could not see. He was totally blind. And uh, when they prayed, God instantly touched him, healed him. And look at him. He's totally normal. The th to God be the glory. What a tremendous thing to see. But you see... If you want to see these things happen, you have to go. For God to really touch us, he had to incarnate. He had to become flesh. He had to go to a cross. He had to die on that cross. He had to go into a tomb and rise again so that you and I could have newness of life. In the same way, when we will go, it's beautiful to see how God will begin to move and the things that will take place. I read to you just a simple report he gave. He said... Uh, Let's find it here. What happened here, Brother Shom, is a testament to the power of the preaching of the Word of God. In two short months, we have seen 440 receive the Holy Ghost. These are in house meetings. These are out beyond the mountains. Brother Rizar mostly visited remote village areas and small churches. He was deeply moved, he said, by the hunger that he saw in in people. And listen to this. He preached in Nepal for a pastor, Bhupati, and there were 65 present in the meeting, and 39 received the gift of the Holy Ghost. In the town of Gari in Nepal, 62 were filled with the Holy Ghost. A young man, this young man, I guess it was Nepal, uh, received the Holy Ghost, instantly had his vision restored when he received the gift of the Holy Ghost. And then Brother Rizar was in Cambodia and he traveled to uh, Batambang province. Let's all say that together. And... Uh, he was with Pastor Samnung Trek, where God filled 65 with the Holy Ghost in that one service. A lady who had a withered arm was instantly healed the moment that she started to speak with other tongues. God healed her. In that same service, a Korean missionary lady from another organization, she was in the service and along with 24 others, she received the wonderful gift of the Holy Ghost. Brother Rizar witnessed similar, similar results in Sri Lanka, in Pakistan, in Nepal, and Cambodia, and as we have said, these uh, other nations. If we're willing to go, God is able to do his work. I want to just say in conclusion this evening what an opportunity it has been to be here and what's uh, some of some have asked well brother Sean what do you, when do you go to the field next well I just got off of the field but I'm going back Lord willing 
and we will be going to the nation of Nepal because another man has stepped forward in America and he has given, uh, he has offered himself. He has been to Nepal three times and each time for 22 days. And in those times, he has sometimes traveled one way nine days to get to a village to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. And God has laid it on his heart to come and help me organize the work and to travel from place to place and reorganize and structure the work so that we can see a greater growth of the work of God in Nepal. I plan to travel back to Cambodia because we're embarking on a whole new program with Search for Truth. You say, Search for Truth, isn't that back in the 1990s? Isn't that, Lord have mercy, we've progressed since then. We're so smart now. We've got all kinds of stuff. We've got digital stuff. We've got uh, whatever you want online. We've got, we have it all. Why would you use search for truth? Because people respond to the gospel of Jesus Christ. And uh, we we are organizing it so that when somebody is taught search for truth, we will hand them a search for truth chart. I'm talking about ministers, ministers from other faiths and walks of life. When we teach them search for truth, we hand them a search for truth after they have been taught all of the lessons and they will take that and they will go in their village and teach their people. I'm going to organize that in the nation of Cambodia. In Myanmar, we are going to go back there and we're going to open up some opportunities uh, for the work of God in the nation of Myanmar. And so we travel from nation to nation. Many of these places do not have any missionary personnel at all. And so yours truly is the one that goes there. I work with the national leadership. I work with them to train them and to to get them motivated to move the gospel uh, beyond their own home and into the homes of all of their neighbors and those who are around. I see great things happening in the nation of Pakistan. Brother, uh, you have been there, Brother Lehman, and uh, you've seen some of the things that God has, has done. It's a wonderful country. It's amazing what God is doing, but we had such a great general conference this year. The entire ground was jam-packed with people, and uh, each night God would fill 30 or 40 with the gift of the Holy Ghost. Many people were healed. We're just seeing it happen all over, everywhere. I want to thank you for your faithfulness. I want to thank you for standing behind us. Uh, You know, I I never ever even considered myself that I would be a preacher. Uh, I always, you know, my brother Alan, I remember we were just... Uh, I was out of first year Bible college. He was out of second year Bible college. And we were given the opportunity. Somebody paid our way to the California youth camp. And uh, of all things, uh, Alan, he got the chance to speak on uh, one of the devotions for this entire youth camp for California. And man, he just hit it out of the park. And I thought, Lord, I went back to my room. I was so discouraged. Everybody else was encouraged, but of course I was discouraged. And I went back to to, uh, my little uh, cabin and I got down on my knees and I cried and prayed and I said, God, I'm never going to be a preacher. And I I think I read through the whole gospel of John 
seeking for some kind of inspiration. And, you know, I was just thinking, well, Alan's going to do it. He's going to do it. I'm not going to do anything. But, you know, God changed a few things over time. And I thank God that he has given me the opportunity to serve. And wherever I go, I always come as a servant of God. I always come as one that is there to do whatever is asked of me to do. And if I can just do it, I know that God will bless the hearts and lives of many. It's a privilege to be with such wonderful people. We always feel like we've come home. Uh, my wife and I really only worked here in New Brunswick for four years. That's it. Uh, four years with the Bible College, and then my wife stayed here one year while we were while I was deputizing around. But other than that, it's that's basically it. But I thank God for the tremendous friendships that we have formed with each one of you. We love and appreciate you, Brother Lehman. It's an honor to be here tonight. God bless you in Jesus' name.